0: Welcome to the show. This weekend, my parents were visiting us in Philadelphia, and we took them to these beautiful botanical gardens called Longwood Gardens, and they are exquisite. There is more than a thousand acres of beautifully manicured flower gardens and greenhouses where they grow palm trees in Philadelphia and create their own three foot diameter water lilies. It is incredible. I mean, this flower walk alone is 600 feet. And as I learned about the history, it was created by one man's passion Pierre Dupont bought this farm and had this vision. He loved gardening and he wanted to restore these gardens to their beautiful original condition and so much more. And it got me thinking about what if we all were living our passion? What if we all were creating a playground? That's what he seemed to do was create a playground for his passion. What if we all were doing that? Can you imagine how the world would shift If rather than denying our passions, rather than saying that we can't live them, we actually fulfilled them, we actually lived them. And I know we don't all have the money that Mr. DuPont had, and we don't need to. I also know that you might be saying, I don't know what my passion is. And those are the questions. What is your passion? What are you passionate about? If you're like I was years and years and years ago, I had no idea. I was totally blocked. That question would just make me feel stupid, like a deer in headlights. And so today's episode of the Purpose Girl podcast is all about passions, what your passions are, how to discover passions, and how to live them, and truly why you must. So as we were walking through Longwood Gardens, I couldn't help but notice how it had been laid out like a playground, how it had been laid out so perfectly. And I thought that perhaps this was just a property of the state of Pennsylvania, that someone had created this just for visitors. And then we came upon this house that talked about the history of Longwood Gardens. And when I learned that it was one man's vision, it was one man's passion, it lit up my whole soul. Because this is what we're all meant to do. We're given our passions so that we can live them. In fact, Pierre Dupont wrote a letter to a friend back in 1906. He said, I have recently experienced what I would formerly have diagnosed as an attack of insanity. That is, I have purchased a small farm. He went on to say, but I expect to have a good deal of enjoyment in restoring it. An attack of insanity. That is so often what we think about our passions. One of my clients is incredibly passionate about dancing. She danced her entire life. And now that she is an adult, she thinks, oh, it's it's insane to think about dancing. That was just something I did as a kid. That's a hobby. Why? Why is that just a hobby? Why isn't her passion valid as an adult? Of course it is. Can she make money on dancing? I hope so. And what if she doesn't? Is that a reason to not pursue it as vigilantly or even more so as we pursue our career? We have got this wrong. Society has told us, we have believed in Western society, and I think now in other parts of the world, That if we just pursue success, if we just pursue the money, if we just pursue the bigger title, we will be happy. But more than 100 research studies actually show that the opposite is true. That when we are happy, we actually are more successful. And so when my client and I started talking about her dancing, just taking lessons again, perhaps even putting out a dance on Instagram or going for an audition. She felt lit up. She felt excited. She felt alive again. And when you're excited, when you're lit up, when you feel alive, that's when you're going to bring greater success to every other aspect of your life. And it's for this reason that we need to start seeing our passions as absolutely critical to our happiness, to our purpose. So I want to suspend for a moment this idea that your passion has to be your career. Because what often happens is that we block in our minds, we block our passions from a young age because we think, well, I can't make a career of that and so I just need to ignore it. When I went to college, I was so passionate about event planning. I didn't even know it was called event planning. I was so passionate about planning bar mitzvahs. I mean, all I wanted to do was like create big parties where I could do big centerpieces and have the kids' names and lights. And I thought, oh, I want to be a wedding planner. And I remember my dad made me a cartoon for my dorm room that said something about, like a joke about a father and a daughter and that he spent all this money on college for me to plan bar mitzvahs, right? It seemed like a joke. It seemed like an attack of insanity. And then as I started getting into my classes my freshman year, I took a creative writing class and I was so in love. I found this inner poet. Actually, my inner poet is very dark. Like I found this inner poet who loved to write about very dark anger, grief, despair, but I loved it. I used to even ask my roommates to sit around in a circle or ask my sorority sisters to sit around in a circle so I could read them my dark poetry. I was so into it. And my professor said I was pretty good. He even suggested that I major in creative writing. And I remember having a talk with my parents about it and they said, writers don't make any money, right? So all of my passions, quote unquote, didn't make any money. Writers don't make any money. Planning bar mitzvahs don't make any money. And so it left my mind completely blank about what would make me happy, what career I wanted, right? And so I started just playing with all these different careers. I think I switched the idea of what career I wanted like five times in college. Maybe I want to be a teacher. So I took one geology class because it was a requirement to get into the teaching school. No, totally don't want to teach little kids. Maybe I want to be in advertising, okay? So I ended up in communications. But in truth, My heart, my body had told me what I was passionate about. Passionate about planning big events, big parties. Passionate about writing and passionate about teaching. But I dismissed so many of my passions because I thought I don't know how to make money on that. It has to be a career. And so we have it totally backwards where we're trying to pursue these careers, careers, careers. And then we almost forget what actually made us happy. We forget what brought us joy. We forget to have fun. And we can't be happy in life unless we are also having fun, unless we're also having pleasure. And so a question I hear so often from people is, how do I know what my passion is? How do I know my passions? So I want you to pause for a moment as you are listening to this podcast. and I want you to feel into this question. What am I passionate about? And if you are like so many women who come to me, if you're like I used to be, your mind perhaps has gone blank. The reason your brain has gone blank is it's actually a defense mechanism that perhaps when you were younger, you were just living your passions. One of my clients used to love to read. She would sit in corners and she would read and read and read. And she just envisioned one day, I'm just going to be writing these stories and reading. But her mom was really worried about her being a bookworm and antisocial. And so with all good intentions, her mom wanted her to be socializing and be connecting with other kids and be out there, be an extrovert. Well, she started to learn and think that her passion was wrong. And so she cut it off. This is what the brain does right? Our brain has three different layers to it. And the base brain, our core brain, is for survival. Our core brain learns that if something is bad or wrong or will make us not survive, right? And to survive, if you think about how we came to be as human beings, thousands of years ago, the way we came to be to survive against saber-toothed tigers and dinosaurs is we had to be in a group. We had to be in a tribe. I've talked about that on previous episodes. And so, if your tribe doesn't like something that you're doing or poo it, tells you you can't make money as a writer or that's bad to be in your books all the time, you're going to shut that out. Your brain is going to work for you. Your brain is always working for you. So, your brain is going to shut that out and it's going to call it a moment of insanity. And rather, it's going to say, what should we be doing instead? that would get us to be loved, that would make us belong. And so you cut you cut off the dancer in you, or the bookworm in you, or the writer in you, or the party planner in you. And so when I ask you the question, what are you passionate about? Either you know, which is amazing, and then my question is, are you doing it? And please let me know, I wanna know how you're out there living your passions, or your mind goes blank. And it's not that you don't know, it's that you forgot. You forgot because you hid it. It's almost like it was so special and so sacred to you that you put it in the most beautiful jewelry box imaginable, filled with jewels and a lock. And then you put that jewelry box on the top shelf in your closet and you hid it away so that no one could possibly touch your sacred, secret dream your sacred secret passion it's that tender for us that if someone made fun of you for it if someone said that you were insane for it or that you were wrong or bad then we lock it away the key is to remember it think about the word remember member is your person, is yourself, your body, right? This is your member. And so to remember is to regain, reclaim who you are at your core and be that. This week, I'm at the fifth annual Podcast Movement Conference, and it's amazing. There are 2,000 podcasters gathered here, actually, in Philadelphia this year from around the world and I am meeting people who are living their passion. And I met a woman whose podcast is all about sex after 40, because she herself found herself out of her own body, dismembered, if you will. She was a great wife and a great mother, homeschooler, participating in her community. But she felt, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but the impression I got was, lost, gray, like colorless. Almost like she had forgotten about the joyful woman that she used to be. And so she made herself a deal. She was going to get that joy back. And she wanted, she remembered, remembered that she was a sexual being. So she planned this amazing vacation for her and her husband. And she went all out with her sexual fantasies and what she wanted to do with him. And she was like, more women need this. And she felt alive. She said she came back from that trip and, like, her kids almost didn't recognize her, and that she and her husband then were so flirty and so in love that it was a different paradigm for them. It was a, something different the kids hadn't seen. And she loved who she was when she was orgasming. Bravo, sister. Bravo. And so she has made this her passion. She's turned it into a podcast called Naked with Jess. And this is what I'm amazed by, being at this podcast conference, so many people I am talking to, they have the rest of their lives, full-time parent, full-time jobs, whatever they might be doing, but they've decided to live their passion. So let's talk about what a passion is. According to Bob Velleron, who is a French-Canadian researcher and the premier researcher on passions, He defines passion as a strong inclination toward an activity that people like, that people find important, and in which you invest your time and your energy. A strong inclination toward an activity. And I expand that definition and I believe it's activity or cause because we can be so passionate about a particular cause One woman I met yesterday, she's doing a podcast on reproductive rights because that's just so passionate. She has a full-time job in reproductive rights. But then as a team, they started saying, let's get this message out to more people. So it's about a cause. Another person I met is so passionate about plants that you can eat them, that they're medicine, that they can heal you, that they can dye your clothing. And so that's an activity, right? So plants and gardening activity, that's what she's passionate about. Often what happens, what Valeron says, is that our passions become a self-defining activity, right, where it's like they're self-defining for you. So you start to identify yourself as, it's not just that you're passionate about running, but you are a runner, not just that you're passionate about dancing, but you are a dancer. And so these activities, these passions, these causes are so important because We can't explain why we have a strong inclination toward an activity. I can't tell you why one of my clients has a strong inclination toward dancing and another one has a strong inclination toward books. That's just the soul's gift. Make no mistake, your soul came here to fulfill its gifts. Your soul came here for purpose. And whoever you were being as a child, likely was the key to you knowing your passions. Were you naturally dancing? Were you naturally holding court? I was teaching a class the other day and it's an international class, a positive psychology class and my students from, are from Nigeria and Dubai and Colombia and all over the world. And one woman's daughter came on the video and then just started dancing for all of us. She loves having an audience. She's just naturally an entertainer. Now, what's going to happen when that girl goes to school and she wants to entertain? Are the teachers going to tell her to sit down just to be herself? Or are they going to, right? Totally well meaning. We can't have students just totally, you know, disrupting the classroom and all 30 students just being in their own glory, but why not? That's why schools are broken, but that's that would be a different episode. So your passion is your strong inclination toward an activity or cause. It is something that Simply, your heart lights up around, either gets super excited or gets super energized from even an angry or frustrated or want to change perspective. And if you allow it to be, it's something that can be self-defining for you. If you allow yourself to get over the hurdles, if you allow yourself to get over the preconceived or really false hurdles that you are not a dancer because you're not making money at it, or you're not a writer because you haven't published a book. If you love doing it, you are that. That is what we know about passion. And so the key is to get out of our head about this and into our bodies to remember. And so go with me on a journey back to your childhood. Before you went to school, and it was probably kicked out for you, or maybe before you were told to calm down or to be different. When you were four, three, who were you naturally being? Now, if you are a survivor of abuse, this will be different for you because that altered you and altered your perception of what was okay and lovable. But if you were not abused, go back to when you were three, four if you can't remember, then go look at old photos. Who were you being? Reconnect with that young girl. What was she all about? What did she like to play with? Who did she like to play with? What made her laugh? What made her light up inside? She is your guide because this is all about remembering. And what we know is that our passion, our passions can be lived in at least one of two ways, according to Valeram. We can live our passion in a harmonious way, which is a way that we internalize it as part of our life. It is as much a part of our life as our work or our family. Right? If you think about a whole wheel of life in which each piece is a different aspect of life from money to career, to romance, to vacations, to charity work, to health and fitness. Your passion deserves a piece of that pie, an equal piece of that pie. Because as you are living it, you will feel harmonious in life. You will be enjoying it and it will light up every other aspect of your life. And this is opposed to someone who is obsessive about their passion. That's the other way we could see passion, in which it takes over your life in a really unhealthy way. And there are people who do this with everything from podcasting to yoga to tennis to video games. And so that's an unhealthy way. So maybe you were at some point, you were unhealthy and obsessive about your passion. And so you gave it up. The key here is to remember your passion and to be living it in this harmonious way. And one of the things I was so drawn to Longwood Gardens and Pierre Dupont's story is that while he ran the Dupont Company and a part of General Motors, and he was married, he was building these gardens. Now, again, he had more money than I have and maybe more than you. I don't know your financial situation. What would the equivalent be for you as you go back and you remember your passions? You feel into your heart and your soul, and you might need to look at various times in your life when you were four years old, when you were in middle school, what was lighting you up? When you were in college, what was calling to you? I had a vision in college that I would write a column for our university newspaper that was all about women, like the you know the women on, on the campus, and I was honestly too afraid that I would be rejected. And so I never approached the newspaper about it. And so what would that vision be for you? When have you had various visions and you maybe let fear get in your way? Take a moment if you're not driving and take a moment and write down everything that you've ever had a vision about. I like to think that our passions come to us in a few forms. One, who you were naturally being as a child. What was lighting you up? What was fun for you? Two, what do you look back and maybe regret having closed a door to? Do you regret having closed a door to travel because it was too expensive? Do you regret having closed a door to moving somewhere because you were too afraid? Do you regret having closed a door to writing because someone said you couldn't make money on it? Three. As an adult, what have you been interested in that you see other people doing and you think, oh, that sounds fun. That sounds interesting. You don't have to commit to it. One of the things I think that holds us back from our passions is this fear that we have to commit to it and make all this money on it. Nope. It's great when you can make money living your passion. And the thought that you have to make money on it is going to kick into gear your fear brain, your core brain, that mechanism, and it's going to block you. So you want to just allow yourself the full range of feeling into what lights you up, either from an excited place or from an angry, you want to do something and change the world's place. Everything is valid. Everything from playing cricket, playing tennis, to a cause like girls' education in some part of the world. And I wanna take a moment and define the difference between passion and purpose. Your passions help you to understand your purpose. Passions are self-defining activities, right? According to Valarant, self-defining activities, activities even you have an inclination toward. Your purpose is why you are here. Your purpose is the active, unique impact you make on the world. And so passions, there can be many passions. Your purpose often is enacting that. It's being that. It's being your full self. It is doing. Your passions are activities that you have a strong inclination to, right? So a strong inclination toward tennis and a strong inclination toward girls' education in inner city and a strong inclination toward gourmet cooking, strong inclination toward dancing. And you can have multiple passions. Passions inform your purpose. Purpose is the active impact that you uniquely make in the world. And so, in an ideal world, you are living your passions, you're living your passions as your purpose. That's how you're impacting. So, if what I just said are all of your passions, then maybe you're creating a tennis camp for kids in the inner city where there's part of the program raises money to go back into the community. But purpose, a right? purpose is the, is the why you're here. And so we want to really look at, for you, your passions. And this week at the podcast conference, I've been so amazed because people are working full-time, they are parenting full-time, and they're still finding time to share their passion with the world. This is something I also find so incredible about Wikipedia, as an example, people just write for Wikipedia because it's fun for them, right? So they submit what is said about particular subjects or particular people. And you can see this all over the Internet. People are just sharing their passion for electrical outlets or sharing their passion about cars. Mike Cheek sent me high, who is one of the founders of positive psychology. He is in California, and he defines the word flow and flow is when you are so engaged in activity that you lose track of time. You become one with the music as you will. You're in the zone. And when we're passionate about something, we go into flow. We're willing to give part of our quote unquote, precious free time for it. Again, if you don't have the pressure put on it, that it has to earn you money. Now, my hope is that through this podcast, you're picking up what your strengths are. You're picking up what your passions are. You're picking up your purpose. And you will be able to, if it's in your desire in time, you will be able to turn that into money because someone is making money training horses. Someone is making money working with the elderly. Someone is making money dancing. Why not you? We have to be the ones who, though, first say, my joy is worth it. My pleasure is worth it. I am worthy of living my passions and sharing just for the sake of sharing, because it's fun. One woman I met at the podcast conference, she has a podcast called Desert Lady Diaries, where she has a weekly conversation with women who are making their home in the Mojave Desert. That's her passion. Another woman I met at the podcast conference yesterday, she had this amazing t-shirt on, it was all sparkly gold letters, and it said, the wife mentor. And I was like, Oh my God, I need that shirt that says Purpose Girl. And I was like, Can I get it by the conference tomorrow? And she and I started talking and laughing. And she is passionate that women do not lose themselves when they become wives because that happens to so many. Got it. I totally get it. That so happened to me in my first marriage and probably why I'm so vigilant about it not happening now. I met a woman who is doing her podcast on plants. As I said, there are so many different ways. And the key is that you are in touch with your passion and then you are sharing it. It's so interesting because my first job out of college, when I came home that first day and I had been in the midst of all these beige cubicles and these people just sitting at their computers and seemed so dispassionate, they were getting so angry about little mistakes or little things, but like not passionate, not lit up and excited, not shining their bright light. And when my parents asked, how was it? And I just knew this is not for me. There is something else I'm meant to do. And I didn't know what it was at the time. And my dad said to me, well, it's work. It's not supposed to be fun. It's work. I accepted it on the surface, but deep down I knew better. And so as you know, if you've listened to this podcast and you listened to episode one, And two, I went on my own journey of what is happiness and what is purpose? What is my purpose? What am I passionate about? And there were clues everywhere. The clue that when I was younger, I'm the baby of three kids. But as soon as my baby cousin came along, Stacy, who's three years younger than me, I instantly, like my favorite thing was to be with her and like take her hand and show her the world. I wanted to just uplift her and mentor her. It was my favorite, favorite thing. She's still one of my best, 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 best friends today. And then when I was in, co- in high school, I was a cheerleader. I loved uplifting people, right? All I ever wanted to do when I was a little kid I was such a ham. And I loved, like, entertaining people and uplifting people. And I was in high school as in a youth group and all of the young kids, like when I was a senior and I was running the youth group and then there were freshmen coming in and I just wanted to lift these girls up and take them under my wing. I mean, this is who I've always been. So I have this passion and I realize this is who I am. And my passions, these multiple passions all fit into my one purpose. My passion for party planning, bar mitzvahs and weddings, I get to run big retreats. I get to plan a party every couple of months, because I have these amazing retreats, right? I'll be doing the Goddess Girls retreat next week in Miami, Florida, 28 women, and I'm planning this beautiful party, right? It's amazing. It's deeper than a party because it's soulful and we get clear on who we are as goddesses and our purpose in the Versace Mansion in Miami. And then I'll be doing a retreat here in Philadelphia the next weekend around your inner child. And who you are as the goddess of love. And then a month later, I'll be taking women to Greece. So I get to plan these parties and I'm starting to work with a couple of other people. I'm planning larger events for two, three, 400 women. So I've incorporated this passion of mine into my purpose because I am here. My unique impact is to support women in loving who you are, knowing who you are, living your purpose. My passion for writing, I get to do through having a blog, through writing books, right? So your passions inform your purpose. And I remember my dad saying to me, it's work, it's not supposed to be fun, right? But in reality, I learned from him and my mom that you are supposed to pursue your passions in life. They are two incredibly passionate people. My dad was passionate about architecture his whole life, and he did, he became an architect, and he's an incredible architect. He also is passionate about Israel, and Judaism. And he was president of our synagogue when I was growing up. He was participating in committees to support Israel. My whole life, he was passionate about teaching. So once a week, he always, in addition to his volunteer work, in addition to his full-time work, once a week, my whole life, he taught a college course in architecture. My mom is the same way. She is passionate about math. My mom is a math professor, passionate about math. And now my husband is passionate about math. Josh was a math teacher when we met. And the two of them will geek out on math. I mean, literally, they will send each other little cartoon clips about math and little math jokes and like it's way over my head. But they love it. I grew up with people who were pursuing their passions, yes, as career and outside of career. And so even though my dad would say to me, it's work, it's not supposed to be fun, I knew better. I knew that we were put on this earth to pursue our passions. And I knew when I wasn't, it was so painful. It was more painful, more dreadful to ignore my passions, to dismember, to be afraid. That was more painful than actually pursuing them. And yes, I'm blessed. I get to pursue my passions as a career, and I am discovering other passions that have nothing to do with my career. I'm becoming very passionate about sex-positive living and just exploring that now, reading about it, participating in conversations about it, and maybe that will be part of my work one day and maybe it won't, but exploring that and letting myself have fun with it. I'm passionate about Jewish causes. That has nothing to do with my work. I get to incorporate it with my work when I do a talk for a Jewish organization, but being passionate... I'm remembering, honestly, remembering how passionate I am about young girls feeling beautiful, young girls feeling worthy, young girls knowing that they are smart and brilliant and they are here for purpose. And that has not been part of my work the last few years. And I am becoming so passionate and wanting to do it in addition to my work. And perhaps it will become part of my work, my paid work. But the important thing is that I feel into my passions. have such passion for traveling huge part of why I do retreats is it like combines all the best of all the worlds right it's like where do I want to go oh I want to go to Greece okay let me hold a retreat there so I'm passionate about traveling passionate about cooking so I just have dinner parties all the time a friend of mine was coming over for a second weekend in a row and she said I can have our group of friends over she goes but I know you love it and I said I do love it so you have everybody next weekend but I'm still doing it this weekend I love it. It has nothing to do with my work, but it's passionate for me. That's why I go to the farmer's market every Saturday. It's passion for me. And so, as you feel into your passions, I want to take you back to what Pierre DuPont said. He had a moment of insanity. Well, that insanity has led to millions of people enjoying learning about plant life. So, his insanity has educated the masses. And so we thank him for his insanity. We thank him for his passion. And that is the power of you living your passion. You living your passion is going to inspire others to do the same. Whether it is simply that they see you lit up and then they are like, ooh, I want to be lit up too. Or it's that you are educating people because you're posting about it on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And then you start educating people about a particular cause or about a particular activity. Or it is that your passion is actually spreading the word about something. You living your passions is going to light other people up. It's going to inspire other people. And that then is living on purpose, whether you ever get paid for it or not. Not to mention, you're going to enjoy your life. Why are we on this great earth if not to enjoy God, I think this is like what has happened to so many of us women is we've forgotten to enjoy. We're on this like fierce determination to get all A's in in school and then to be the best and then to get a great job. And then, right, it's like then to get the husband and then to get the, it's like we're on this like great mission to get all these things as opposed to like uh, being on this earth to enjoy it. And let me tell you something that is different between men and women the masculine and the feminine, the feminine, which is the place of your intuition, the place of your joy, the place of your creativity, the place of inspiration. The feminine is fed through pleasure, through fun, through passion. And without it, we're like walking dead. And you can see it in so many friends. You can see it in so many office places. You can see it maybe in the mirror. I know it because I've been there and I've seen so many women go there as well. That is not who we were born to be as women. Women are the color. We are the light. And it's not to say that men aren't colorful too and that they're not light too. Of course they are. But the masculine and feminine are different and we all have masculine and feminine in us. But the feminine being a woman is different. We are literally here to light up the world. We are literally here to shine. We are here to be the color. I once was waiting for an airplane and there was a rabbi sitting next to me and we got into this huge debate slash conversation about men and women. And I was challenging some of very traditional rules about men and women engaging. And he said, you just don't get it. He said, it's like a movie. Women, you know, in order for a movie to run, it's a blank white screen you go to a movie theater there's a blank white screen and there's light color light that casts onto the onto the blank wall and he said men are like that blank wall we're sturdy strong we're like the rock but we don't have the color that women do women are the light we're here to shine our light we're here to be colorful we're here to be the muse the muse is a woman she's a goddess who brings out the song in others who brings out the dance in others who inspires others to live beautifully fully full out right many songs many paintings have been created because there was a muse a woman who was a muse and the woman right the feminine we're born to be passionate we have pussies we have a clitoris that has 8000 nerve endings on it because we're born to be passionate And so we must reconnect with that passion. We must reconnect with our joy. What we know is that people who are living their passions harmoniously, they're happier. And therefore, they are healthier. And therefore, they are more successful in every aspect of your life. Could you just imagine if you were, let's just say, ice skating is your passion and you were ice skating three days a week, how that would just light you up and how that would change who you are as a mother because your kids would start to see you in joy? Can you imagine how that will change you in the office? Because you'll be walking around bright. You'll be walking around inspired. You'll be walking around joyful and laughing. And other people will want to be around you. That's why happier people get more promotions and happier people get better customer evaluations. Because people like being around happy people. Can you imagine if we all were living that way? This is why it is so important that you take some time and you remember your passions. And you start living all of them in every way that you can. And you enjoy that process. Take away the pressure of money. Take away the pressure of career and enjoy it. And so I want to leave you with three purpose power tips. Number one, take a piece of paper and go through parts of your life. When you were little, what is it that you were doing? Who were you loving to be? Go through middle school, high school. What was lighting you up then? Not because your friends said you were supposed to do it, but because, oh, you so wanted to do it and you were afraid to do it because it wasn't cool. Go through your adult life. What has been nagging at you? Right, What gets you excited? So that's number one on a piece of paper. Number two, pick any passion. Mid-century African art. And go do something about it this week. Go to a museum. Go to the library. Take out a book and start playing. Start enjoying it. And number three, share that passion with someone else. Because as you do, you are going to light up the world. And that is how you live on purpose. And so with that, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Please let me know what your passion is. Please email me, karen at karenrockhine.com. Post it in the reviews. I want to know what your passion is or find me on Instagram at karenrockhine and let me know your passions. Find me on Facebook. Let me know your passions. Let me know how you're living them. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope that you go out and you live your passions in just one small way this week and you start further spreading your light in the world. If you liked this episode and you like this podcast, and I hope you do, please, please, please download it, download every episode, share it with friends, share it with your friends who you know need a little bit of joy and passion in their lives. Share it with your friends who you know are too afraid to go live their truth. Share it with your family members who are walking around like zombies in their gray cubicles and you know need a boost of passion. Please, please, please. That's how we will create this community. Share the love subscribe to it. Please give it a five-star review. Please review it. Let me know. And then to be part of the community, go on to Facebook. I have a Purpose Girls Facebook group, a growing Purpose Girls Facebook group. Let's create a huge community. Go on to Facebook, find the Purpose Girls group and ask to join and we will join. And together we are going to uplift one another to be living on purpose, to be our happiest, most beautiful, most powerful selves. And then, of course, please let me know what you think. Let me know what topics you'd like me to cover in the future. With that, I hope you have a fabulous week. I hope that you love, 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 love yourself. I hope that you live purposefully and you love life. Bye for now.